Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 25, Finding Motivation to Exercise. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I used to be a runner. It's something I loved to do with my roommates in college, and it's a way that my husband and I bonded when we were dating. We jog together under the stars of our college town. My husband is quiet, and I'm a talker, so this was the one time when our roles would reverse because I couldn't breathe, so he would do all the talking, and I loved learning about him and hearing his thoughts about life that I otherwise probably wouldn't have heard. I ran seven half marathons during college. It was something I genuinely really enjoyed doing. But now I think of that as my former life because it kind of is. It's not trendy or very socially acceptable to admit this, but now I'm pretty sedentary. There are a lot of factors that go into that, but one of them is that I just let myself get so busy and preoccupied. First, as a high school English teacher with like 25,000 papers to grade all the time, And then as a busy young mom, and now as a podcaster, I just don't prioritize movement and self-care the way that I should when I'm immersed in whatever projects are going on in my life at that time. And the problem with not exercising for long periods of time is when you start again, it kind of hurts a lot. (laughs) So that's not exactly going to make you want to jump right back in there. Fortunately, I have a guest today who loves to exercise, but who also understands why it's hard for some moms. She has practical ideas for how we can start small and work towards making movement and health a part of our routines. Her name is Monica Tanner. She's a mother of four, a small business owner, and a fellow podcaster. Her show is called On the Brighter Side, and it's all about increasing our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. She teaches about and lives positivity, and I'm so excited to have her teach us about how to bring positivity into our exercise and our self-care routines. So Monica, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for that awesome introduction. And I had—I just learned something new about you. I had no idea you ran seven marathons. That's amazing. Half marathons, not full marathons. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm working on my fourth full marathon. So, and that is incredible because I was in really, really good shape back then, 
And when I would finish those half marathons, I remember every time I would think, I cannot imagine turning around and running back. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's, funny. Um, that's amazing that you've done marathons and that you're working on, on one right now. Yeah. So a half marathon is an amazing distance. That is a really, really good distance. But you would be surprised. Your body can do what you set your mind to. So if you want to run 26.2 miles, you absolutely can. You just have to think that you can. So that is really, I don't, I don't know if I really believe that. I mean, I do believe that, but for myself, I'm like very hard to believe, but maybe after this interview, I will believe it even more. So (laughs) like I said in that, in your little intro about you, like I, I got really busy and that's when I let exercise go. But yeah. you are super busy too. I mean, you have four kids, you have a small business that you run, your husband has businesses that he runs, you're a podcaster, and you still made it a priority to be active. Yeah. So um, I would definitely have to say that for me, exercise is mandatory for my just mental um, and emotional well-being. If I'm not exercising, then I get pretty down pretty quickly. And I learned that in college. Um, I went from being a high school athlete to, you know, doing college where I wasn't exercising at all. And I remember calling home to my dad and just saying, dad, I am feeling so sluggish. I can't wake up for my classes. I just want to sleep all day long. And he asked me what I was doing for exercise. And I was like, uh, (laughs) nothing. I don't have time. I'm so busy. And he's like, you better make time because, um, you will gain energy from exercise. He's like, you, you'll get your endorphins going. Your mind will be more sharp. You'll be more tired at night and be able to sleep better. And he was absolutely right. So in college is when I first started running and I've been running ever since. And I have definitely found that to be absolutely true. If I stop exercising for a long period of time, it quickly shows up in my mental and emotional state. Which is really good for me to hear because I, I have struggled with like seasonal depression and um, I'd say just mild levels of anxiety all the time. And yet I haven't been making time for exercise and thinking about how much it could help me mentally is really helpful. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I get more done. I feel like I'm more efficient when I'm exercising. And as a mom, I found that my prime exercise time is before my kids wake up. If I can do it first thing in the morning, wake myself up early, then I am so ready to tackle the day and handle whatever my kids throw at me. Um, it's definitely, definitely making time before they wake up, even though it's so painfully early, has <laughs> definitely been my saving grace. What gets me up in the morning isn't just knowing that I'm going to be able to handle everything better if I've had a good workout. Yeah. And how would you suggest like getting through the pain? Like I said in that intro, when you start again, it hurts bad. Like, so it's not even just the early mornings with the physical pain, which as a mom, sometimes I'm like, I can't be dealing with being sore and the physical pain and also taking care of my kids. So then that's another reason why I kind of give up. Like I'll try for a little while and I'm just so sore. And so then I stop. 
Yeah. So you said it in your intro, start slow. I mean, you know, don't, you know, make the goal right off the bat that you're going to wake up at 5am five mornings next week, you know, cause that's silly and you'll be discouraged. But you know, if you start slow and say, I'm going to walk with a friend two days next week and just, I'm going to take a 30 minute to a 45 minute walk and, and chat with a buddy who, you know, also is pushing a, a baby in a stroller and we're just going to take a walk and then, you know, up it to three days a week and then maybe find something else to put in on your off days, then, then for sure, start slow. Definitely don't take on too much too fast because mm-hmm. that will be very painful. Yeah. And so discouraging. So right. I'm sure that will fit right in with one of your takeaways, but let's go ahead and start with what's your first takeaway for us who want to learn to enjoy exercise, even if we kind of don't. <laughs> yeah. So my first takeaway would be to start with a positive and believable thought about your body. Um, so for example, I have a body that functions the way that it should. Mm-hmm. Um, my legs take me where I need to go. My fingers can grasp the things that I'm needing. My eyes work, my ears work. So definitely start with a positive and believable thought. And then you want to exercise be- or do anything for that matter because you love yourself and your body and you want it to work correctly for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said a believable, believable. Like, I think that's the key word there. Thought about your body because um, if you don't love your body yet, then right. you, you can't just stare in the mirror and be like, I lo- I'm awesome, I'm, I look amazing or whatever for your positive thought because you won't believe it. So you have to find something positive that you actually believe. Like my arms have can carry my babies. My arms are strong and carry my babies or things like that. And people have sent me emails. I did a podcast uh, a little while ago about my experience going to counseling for an eating disorder. And one of the things that I taught was to use coping statements, like little positive mantras and somebody mm-hmm. somebody emailed me and said, I love the idea of using the mantras, but what if I don't believe it? Like, what mm-hmm. if what I'm saying to myself I don't believe, um, then it doesn't really work. So I love that you said there something that you actually, you have to find something you actually believe and focus on that. Right. You hit the nail right on the head. I mean, if, I mean, if you don't believe that if you can't look in the mirror and say, I have a beautiful, perfect body, which is absolutely the truth. We all have beautiful, perfect bodies. But if you can't look in the mirror and say that, then say, I have a body and that's it. If that's all you can start with, then start with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you have to find some level of love for your body because you're never going to hate yourself thinner or healthier or anything for that matter. You're never going to hate yourself better at something or more successful or whatever. You have to find a place of peace and love for where you're at and just know that wherever you decide to start is the perfect place to start. Mm. That's been a big shift for me too in my journey with my body and with food and exercise is knowing that I wasn't going to shame or guilt myself into taking better care of myself. What, I mean, what do you think about like people will post like 
inspiring pictures of really skinny people and then they'll post like pictures of them where they think that they look uh, fat, you know, next to them. What do you think about tactics like that? Yeah, those don't really work for me. One tactic that does work, that seems to work for me is sometimes I can find a motivational picture of myself, like, you know, a picture where I think I looked really great. Um, and I can put that uh, picture up somewhere as kind of like my guiding, um, motivation or whatever, but that's not really a great tactic either because, you know, that is in the past and and maybe that's not, you know, feasible now Mm. in your circumstances. So that's, I, I guess I don't really recommend that either. I think just getting to a place where you can look at yourself and think there's, room for improvement, but where I'm at right now is perfect and exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And I'm going to get healthier and use words like healthy, I think is really important because you want to be careful about using words like fat, because I have these darling girls that, you know, just today it broke my heart. My daughter who is so underweight for her age and build and looked in the mirror and said, mom, my neck is fat. And I went, what? Don't talk like that. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely caution you against using words like fat because what we're, you know, our main focus is really to get healthy and to be able to live a healthy lifestyle and for our body to function the way it was meant to function. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you could tell there, I, I almost couldn't say that couldn't say a picture of you when you look fat. Like the word fat is, was hard for me to say there for that reason, (laughs) exactly what you're saying. And I asked you that because I do have friends who will post pictures of themselves, like in the pantry or on the fridge, you know, and it always just makes me bristle, you know, especially like with my history, I'm just like, don't disrespect yourself like that. Like that's still you. And you're still valuable and worthy of love. And, you know, so think having a positive image of yourself is so much more powerful than a negative one. And, but also keeping it believable, something that you can believe and move forward with. I think that's so insightful. I love that takeaway. So what's your second takeaway? The second one would be find and rely on your compelling reason for exercising. So is this is going to be different for each and every one of us. So for me, my goal is to exercise four times a week and to eat healthy because I want to be able to keep up with my grandkids okay. eventually someday. Mm-hmm. I don't want them. I don't want to be sitting on the couch and having them run around and play around, or I don't want to take them to the zoo and not be able to keep up with them. So for me, long term, I want to be able to keep up with my cute little grandkids for a long time. And do you think about your compelling reason often? I mean, it sounds like exercise is very habitual for you now, so maybe you don't need to, but do you think about that? Like imagine yourself as a grandma to help motivate you? You know, I would say that not, you know, that's not like my day-to-day motivation. I think um, my day-to-day motivation is more kind of like, again, starting with a believable thought. So for me, my favorite thought is this is going to be fun and not in the sense that, um, you know, I necessarily think exercising is fun, but for me, I've been exercising so long and I know the effects of it 
that I know, you know, when my alarm goes off at shortly after five in the morning and I would really rather just stay in bed because it's cold out there and, you know, it's still dark and I think, oh, what am I doing? Um, I think about the days that I exercise, I either go running or hit the gym. I come home and I'm, I move faster and I think faster. And so I can help the kids with their lunches and do their hair and sign their permission slips. And, you know, I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. And then they leave and I get my day started. And I just, I feel like a rock star as opposed to when I'm waking up with them and I'm groggy and I'm moving slow and they're driving me crazy by saying mom a million times. And then I get them out the door and I'm like, just want to fall back into bed because I'm still just half awake and groggy, you know, to me, when I think about when my alarm goes off in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think to myself, this is going to be good for me. This is a great way to start the day or even this is going to be fun. Like I have a ton of like this morning, my alarm went off and I wanted to stay in bed and I thought I have so much to do today. I need to start my day off with a good workout and then my day will be fun and it won't be like I'm behind the eight ball all day. It mm -hmm. will be like, I'll be ready for the day. Like, toss me a problem. I'll find a solution because that's how I get when I exercise. I need those endorphins and that um, energy kick to, to get me through. And what I love about that, so it sounds like you have like a short-term compelling reason to exercise, which is how you're going to feel today. And then a long-term compelling reason, which is how you're going to feel in... 40 years when you're with your grandkids and you can fall back on either of those when you're, if you're feeling tempted to not exercise that day. So I tap into my long-term compelling reason more like after I've been on vacation for a few days and I've just <laughs> eaten junk and I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to get back into shape because I got to keep up with my grandkids. That's when I kind of tap into that long-term goal. Right. And I feel like, um, having the short-term reason is really important because so often as humans, we like, we know what's good for us in the long term, but that doesn't really motivate us today. And so, um, having that something that will motivate you and get you through today is really powerful. I heard a speaker once, and of course I can't remember where, I think it was in the, the online mom conference that I attended once with power of moms, but she talked about actually taking note, like writing it down if you need to in a little log about how you feel before you exercise and then go exercise. And then when you come back, write how you feel after so that you start to really notice and associate like I feel much better physically now that I've exercised. Um, because so often I think we maybe don't stop to notice that we feel better and we just go on with the day. But if we can really start to associate exercise makes me feel good physically then we'll make it more of a permanent habit. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and then I know I've heard you talk about on your podcast that you and your husband exercise together, which I'm sure is another compelling reason that you exercise. I loved hearing that you guys play on an indoor soccer team together. I'm like, how cool is that? Like, so is that like a little, almost like a date night where you guys get to go play together? Oh, it's my favorite date night. I tell you, Couples that sweat together stay together. I mean, <laughs> it is so much fun on a Friday night to go play soccer, especially because he's really, really 
really good at soccer. And so he makes it so fun because, you know, he'll get the ball and dribble through everybody and pass it to me right in front of the goal. And then I score and feel like a (laughs) pop star. Um, But I mean, that's just so fun. It's fun to, it's fun to do something that you love together and get a good workout and a good sweat together over, you know, dinner and a movie. And, you know, at the end you're like, Oh, it's all bloated. Um, well fed, you know, I just, I, I feel like I so cherish those Friday nights when we go play soccer together. It's my favorite and it's social too. I mean, we do it with other couples who also value physical fitness and it's fun to see them, you know, exercising together too. And we just have so much fun doing that. together. I love that. And that's motivating for me to hear that because my husband, he kind of does all the sports on his own. And I think it would be fun if I started doing something again that I could share with him. Um, even like going back to doing those jogs together, I, he would be willing to walk beside me while I jog <laughs> <laughs> a couple mornings or a couple evenings a week or whatever it might be. Um, because again, that time just to connect and for him to talk to me while I'm like dying, trying to breathe is so important. And I, so I've thought about that, that I would love to do something for Ryan with Ryan as part of my compelling reason. Yeah. And there's so many things you can do together. Like, like my husband's really good at racquetball and it's not fun to play racquetball with him because he's playing like he's left-handed. So he'll play like right-handed and blindfolded and still like cream <laughs> but tennis more evens the stakes you know like I can keep up with them a little bit better in tennis or um I mean have them have your husband go to yoga with you or you know I mean there's so many different things that you can join a softball team that doesn't take you know a huge amount of athletic ability if you're trying to start slow you know join a join a little softball league together or something you know there's lots different or go on a hike together on a Friday night date or something go rowing we we have these little kayaks that we love um the two of us and so we'll go rowing on the lake together or paddleboarding or there's so many things that you can do to be active together that are just really fun and and connecting yeah and I think that that leads right into your third takeaway um so can you tell us what that is yeah you bet so focus on making it enjoyable so that it, it will be a habit that sticks. And this takeaway has a few parts to it. So find something you enjoy doing, set attainable goals, which we talked about a little bit, and then do it in a way or in a place that you really enjoy. So for someone like me, who it's been it's been a long time since I've really exercised regularly, how do I find the thing that I that I enjoy doing? Yeah. So I would say just try out all different kinds of things until you find something that you love. Um, but you can start by, you know, when you see people that seem to be really in shape or really enjoying their life and, or or just really, when you see people that you think are maybe doing something that you might like, just ask them, say, Hey, you know, you look great. What are you doing to stay in shape? you know, just ask questions. People love to share that information with you and, and they always will. And, you know, if you're, and so I would say then just try, try it. If it's yoga, give it a shot. If it's running, give it a shot. If it's biking, borrow a bike and, you know, go biking or, you know, ask them what classes they're taking at the gym that they really like. And if you're a little bit nervous about 
you know, going by yourself to a class that you've never been to before, just say, Hey, can I join you in the next time you go to that class TRX or whatever? I'd love to just join you. And then just try all different kinds of things, everything from yoga to TRX to weightlifting to running and biking and swimming. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. Just try it all until something sticks. And that's actually really good for your body as well. It needs a lot of different types of exercise and do something for a little while. And if you get kind of tired of that, then put in something else and just keep, keep at it. And I feel like for me, it's important to not just try it once, but to try it a few times, you know, to give it a fair shot. Because a lot of times when something's brand new to you, you're not going to love it right away. Like I went to, I've been to a couple of group fitness classes where I just felt really lost mm -hmm. because I hadn't been to the class before. Right. And so then I'm like, I don't like group fitness. I'm, I'm out. You know, it's like, well, give it a chance. Like go a few times and maybe you'll end up really loving that thing. Yeah. So I always tell people if they're going to do any type of choreographed class that they have to commit to four times. Like you can't quit until you've gone four times. And after four times, if you still don't like it, then you can quit. But you have to commit. Even if I look like a total idiot in the back and I can't do any of it, commit to four times. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. And then you mentioned doing it in a place that we enjoy, that that makes a huge difference. Um, how do we make sure that that happens? Like, isn't it just the gym? Like, how do you make that a place that you enjoy? Yeah. So I'm a big believer that you are a big influence on your environment. So if you feel like anywhere you go, really your workplace or your school or your gym is not a friendly place, then you have so much influence over that. So if you you know, people that go to the gym are generally friendly because people who are unfriendly and don't want to be social at all, they exercise at home. They have home gyms and they don't, they don't share that with anyone. So people that work out the gym typically are pretty social and pretty willing to share. So you just kind of have to reach out and start a conversation with somebody at the gym. Like if you don't know how to work a certain machine, just ask somebody, compliment them on their workout pants or what ask them what workout routine they're doing and what's worked for them. There's so many different ways to just start a conversation. If you go to the gym regularly, people will start to look really familiar to you. And I know for me, I mean, I feel like the most popular kid in high school when I walk into the gym because <laughs> I made a real effort to connect with the people that work out around me. So now when I go to the gym, I'm like, Hey, what's up? And high fives. And so good to see you. And if someone's been on vacation, you know, I ask them about that. Or if they get a haircut, I, I notice, you know, those types of things. So make, make where you work out a, a great environment to be around. And also they'll, they will notice you too. So if you're making good progress and you've lost some weight, they'll point that out. Or if, you don't go for a week, they'll, they'll ask where you've been, or they'll start to text you, hey, I haven't seen you at the gym, what's, what's going on? You know, those types of, of connections make the gym an enjoyable place. I mean, I love the old men at the gym. It's like my favorite. There's certain <laughs> old men that if I see them on the bike, I will just like run over there and bike next to them because I love their stories and they're super motivating. And, you know, I just love these sweet old men that work out at the same time I do. So 
I mean, just find people that you feel like you can make a connection with and then just reach out. I love that this is totally your personality. Just from I've gotten to know you online a little bit and you're just so friendly and um, I can totally see you running up to the old men and biking next to them. I also love working. I've noticed that I really enjoy exercising outside. And obviously you can't do that all months of the year where I live, but when I can, just like a walk outside is so much more uplifting to me than a walk on a treadmill. So it's like just getting outside every day, even in those winter months, bundling up and getting out there and making it happen can be huge. But from everyone that I've talked to who is a regular exercise exerciser, it does seem like having people to do it with is a huge component of being consistent and enjoying exercise. Yeah. Having a good accountability partner is such a big part of that. I know when I start, I, I haven't been running outside because of the weather and I'm a huge wuss. I just don't run in cold weather. But, um, when I start running outside, I have these fantastic partners that I look forward to seeing a couple times a week that, you know, we talk about life and our kids and our weeks and what we're doing. And it's so much fun for me to connect with those people. And so, you know, running outside or biking, those types of things give me the opportunity to connect with, you know, my very favorite accountability partners. And when I'm lying in bed and the alarm goes off and I think, Oh, she's outside waiting for me. Like I can't roll over and go back to bed and leave her out there alone. So finding a good accountability partner is a great way to ensure that you're going to stick to your workout routine. All right. Well, thank you, Monica, so much for coming on. Um, Monica really is such a positive go-getter personality. Actually, before this call, she and I talked for like almost an hour about podcasting and shared ideas and tips, and it was really fun. And what I admire about her the most is she is fearless about reaching out and asking guests, big name guests to come on her podcast. And I love it. I've learned so much from her about that. And so we can do hard things, right, Monica? Absolutely. It's not painful to getting a no is not painful. (laughs) Yep. And getting out there and starting to exercise might be a little painful, (laughs) but but I can do it because I can do hard things. You can do it. Okay, thank you so much for coming on. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. I loved it. I genuinely loved that conversation with Monica and found it really motivating. In the week or so since she and I spoke, I have gotten out for a walk outside pretty much every day, and I hope to continue that habit and maybe add in some other types of exercise as well. Also, as I thought about her takeaways, I realized that they could really be applicable to any habit or project that you're trying to tackle that you're struggling to find the motivation to do. So maybe you've got exercising down, but there's something else that you need some motivation for. If so, think about Monica's three takeaways, which were first to start with a positive and believable thought about yourself. And remember that she said with that, that you're never going to hate or guilt yourself into any sort of long-term change. So positive and believable. Second, find your own compelling, real reason to do the thing that you want to do and focus on that. And third, to make it enjoyable so the habit will stick. 
She talked about creating an environment for your goal that is actually enjoyable, surrounding yourself with the people that will make it enjoyable. So I love those three tips in regards to exercise, but as well as in regards to anything that's hard that we're starting or trying to do. If you would like to find more of Monica's work, you can listen to her podcast, which is On the Brighter Side, and you can find that in your favorite podcast app. And if you want to find her on social media, her handle is On the Brighter Side of Things on Instagram and Facebook, and her website is onthebrightersideoflife.com. I really wanted to say thank you to all of you who shared about the podcast last week. I asked you to do that for the six-month anniversary, and thank you, thank you. I know you did it because I could see more new people coming to listen and also coming to my Instagram page. I couldn't see if you have a private social media account. I didn't get to see your shares, even if you tagged me. So I didn't get to thank you personally. So I wanted to thank you here and just say how much it truly helps the podcast to grow, to reach the people who need it, and for the podcast to be able to continue. I really think this is the best, kindest community of mothers. I've actually had a couple of guests tell me that, that they have not gotten the same type of warm response when they've done other podcasts as they've gotten from the audience for 3 and 30 and that they love it and they want to come back on the show because of the way that the episodes have been received and people have commented and shared their own ideas and told how the principles were affecting their lives and that is so motivating for a guest to realize that they made a difference. So thank you for being such an engaged audience and community. If you want to join in more with that community, the best place would be on Instagram at 3in30podcast, or you can always shoot me an email, 3in30podcast at gmail.com. I hope wherever you are that you're starting to see some warmer weather and that maybe you'll be able to get outside and exercise this week. I'm hoping to continue that habit. I really, truly hope that you have a great week where you feel good about yourself and your body and the work that you're doing with your families. Hey, I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.